Hello and welcome to another episode of In Lou We Trust. Today's special guest is Michael. I'm terrible at saying his last name. Graylich. Graylich. Michael Graylich. Prescript Jeezy. Met him through Prescript. Met him in person in California. Godly figure. Um, then we sat down and got to really know him from uh, his childhood, how he got into fitness. Very religious, uh, faith-based family. Got into all that, Christianity, and how that even evolved for him, and even the issues that caused him in his childhood and how he got through that, and continues to grow as an individual, certain avenues he went down before he got into fitness coaching, and how he fell in love into that, and how we eventually met through Prescript. We had a lovely little discussion on some religion as well. It was beautiful. And uh, that's it. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Yeah. What up? Right, so, there we go. so what's up? How are you? Good. It's been a good day so far. That's excellent. I'm glad we finally got to do this. My bad for putting it off for so long. No worries. You know, sometimes I get stupid with my scheduling. Not that there's much of it. That's how stupid I get. You know what I mean? I don't have much to schedule yet. I fucking get silly. And to be honest with you, sometimes, like throughout all that time, I just didn't feel right doing it. You know what I mean? And not, not to like, it's just like, uh, like, if I'm not there that day, I can't force it. You know what I mean? Because then, like, I don't know what kind of conversation is going to come about. Yeah, if you're not ready for it, then there's nothing, like, meaningful going to happen about it. So it's just, like, why do it that time? Yeah, in that type of sense. Just uh, for, like, me personally, it just comes down to, like, I tend to always do things, like, uh, when I want to do things. Yet, I also am very aware when other people are involved with that, that's not so good to be doing. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. uh, something I work with, but I also just happen to be the way things are. But that being said, now we're here. So that's great. We're here. So listen, I want to I wanna know everything about you because I don't really know anything about you other than what I know about you, which isn't much. I just know about you through Prescript. I know you're a great person from the times I've met you in person and from what I see about you online. So let's get to know you, whatever you want right. to talk about. Uh. Where do you want to start? Just anything or? Yeah, like, uh, how old are you right now? 28. Wow, okay, very mature 28. So you're 28 right now? I don't know. Let's talk about uh, whenever you're comfortable talking about, man. We'll talk, I'll go to childhood. I'll go to the birth, if you remember that. You know what I mean? Whatever I don't. I know. Can't remember that part. How many people do? I mentioned that every time, and I'm still waiting for the one to be like, actually, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I remember it coming out. So yeah, yet to come. No, yet you to don't. come. But. It's in that show, uh, Legion, if you've ever seen that show on FX. This dude is... I have, yeah. Yeah, you watch it? hmm Yeah, dude, I'm into, I think, some part we're in season two, but the dude who remembers everything, yeah. he explains that, like, the being, like, remember being born is pretty wild. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, so as far back as you remember what everyone will talk about, however, however you became who you are right now. Well, like I said, I am 28, um, live here in Fresno, California, right in the middle of California. Um, Christian home, mom, dad, older brother, older sister. So I'm the baby or the youngest of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, extended family lives here. Also kind of Fresno, a little like Clovis area. So pretty close. Um, like I said, I grew up Christian household, uh, very traditional uh, sometimes to a fault to where it's just uh, 
it used to be really, I would say, judgmental and critical of not necessarily progressive way of thinking, but more so like it's more deeds based than, uh, than grace centered kind of a thing, grace centered, grace focused. So where I was like, well, if you're not doing the things, if you're not actively doing these things, then God kind of not look, looks down upon you, but kind of judges you. And you're not like, if this, if you're doing everything, not doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, like top, lower. top levels, you're doing it all. Yeah. And if you're not doing all this, you're not. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the like supreme being. You're yeah, not, you're, you're, you're like not lower the on the totem pole kind yeah, of thing. There, there's there's judgments from the God coming down if you're not doing these things, and you're saying it changed from that to a more grace way of how you. Well, you know, I know you explain that yet, but the grace. Yeah, way. yeah. So, like, imagine there's a a level or a balance every day. This this used to be the old way, like you start at zero. Let's say you read your Bible, you go up one. You pray sometime during the day. Yeah. You go up to two, but then like yeah. you lie, and then you go back to one. Right. And then you go back to zero. And then it's just like you don't want to end up in the red and the negative. What happens us. if you do? Because I'm only and the only reason I, I give that giggles because I think of my days, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least especially because I went to Catholic school for nine years. Like I grew up in that as well. Like, you know. Not that my household was as Catholic or religious in that sense, but um, I understand the whole having to do certain things. But I forget, like, what was the whole idea of if you didn't? Uh, well, kind of like the older, not necessarily traditional, but the way my family was, it was just like, well, got to do better tomorrow. That right. kind of like everyday kind of reset. But you know mm-hmm. what you did yesterday kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah, of course. And so the whole about like, God forgives you and you, your spirit gets renewed every day. He forgets your sins, that kind of a thing. It was mm-hmm. more like head knowledge, but not necessarily heart, like mm-hmm. transformation knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I would say um, that really not got me in a bad place, but like when I was a kid growing up, kind of like all the way till junior high, high school, really kind of messed up my way of, like daily living because I would, you know, up and down the scale that we just talked about, the one, twos, negatives, that kind of thing. Right. I'd always assume that I was just in the negative yeah. 24-7 just because I wasn't, re- I didn't want to read my Bible yeah. every day. I didn't want to pray every day. And I just thought, well, God is just looking down on me like bro yeah, what the heck yeah, yeah you didn't feel like you were a bad person yeah like causing like a conflict within yourself yeah i just felt like i mean like i'm just a bad person just i'm not doing what the pastor says i need to do i'm not doing the things god wants me to do and so he's just looking down on me and he's just like i don't love you i mean right. the that that's kind of the basis of not my childhood, but the way I thought yeah. God viewed me is that he, I'm not doing what he commanded, thus he doesn't love me. Right. And so there is a there's a very strong connection between his love and how I acted. Right. 
and how they were like connected. Like if right, right. if I did them, he loved it was me. Conditional. I did yeah, it was very conditional, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that I was just really in a bad, if you want to say mental or spiritual head and mm-hmm. heart space because yeah. of that. Because I mean, that's not a way to live. Yeah, thinking no. you're always just in the negative or in the red. Yeah. 24-7. You don't feel that way about yourself. You know, like in this, and I mean that in the sense of like you you might assume through thought. I have to be bad because I'm not doing these things, but you, you might not have the feelings of like feeling bad about yourself or that you are a bad person. So that's where the conflict comes in within yourself because you're like, but I have to be a bad person if I'm not doing these things that say, if I don't do them, I'm in the negative, which is bad. Yeah. I, well, to be honest, I just assumed I was bad. Like 20, like even the thought of me being bad, I was like, yeah, that's, that's accurate. I'm bad. I'm not doing these things. Therefore I'm bad. God doesn't love me. Therefore I'm bad. And so did to me, acting those things out, like, did you start doing bad things? No, like, I, like I never got in trouble just because of fear of that deeds based faith of like yeah. being judged, being, uh, getting in trouble, that kind of a thing. And like, I like being a burden to people. Like I never created conflict. I never did anything rebellious or anything just because of that constant fear of being judged mm. and being like in the negative just kept me like completely neutral. Right. Like, and and that's, and that's what I'm saying though. Cause if you're not manifesting quote unquote bad things, you're not stealing, robbing, drug dealing or any of those wild shit we could be doing yet the feeling of I'm bad, the thought that I'm bad exists because of the viewpoint as to yeah. what, yeah, that's, that's what I mean by it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I, was, I meant by the, not actually feeling like a bad person because yeah, what is it to be bad? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I was, so just living that way, just wishing like some nights I would just pray, God, just please take me to heaven. Yeah. I'm not living for you. Why am I still here? Kind of a yeah. thing. Not, not like suicidal or anything, you know, super and deep with that. But right. it's like just being tired of trying to yeah. win people over and trying to be in the positive, like a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. And so just praying, God, just take me home. There's no purpose for me to be here. Um, that, Prayer kind of stopped near around like high school ish. Um, never grew up having many friends either, both in and out of the church, kind of like in school, that kind of a thing. Really just lone wolf, the lone ranger did pretty much until high school when I did get a good solid group of friends, both from church and then I saw them at school or they went to different schools and we hung out outside of school or church. Um, but still kind of had that, that conflict in me of just like being constantly in fear of being, of just like messing up mm-hmm. or fear of failure or fear, fear of being rejected by people or by God himself. Right. Still kind of in that deeds based acts based faith a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then kind of more into adulthood when, um, Probably like when I was maybe 20, 
two, 23-ish, so maybe four or five years ago. Um, our church has a, a ministry called Regen or Regeneration to where we kind of like really unpack for, it's kind of like an AA program. Mm-hmm. It has 12 steps and everything, but it's more uh, gospel-based where it's really like, let's dig deep into what is not what your issues are, but just kind of like what, what makes you tick and how can we correct them and make them better and like more like life transformation So like, it's not for like, let's say alcoholics and drug addicts, but for people that let's say your thing is either jealous, you find, you notice jealousy within you or anger within you or greed within you or vengefulness in you or lust within you, any of these things, you notice that within you just to work with that. I, I would say it's for uh, it is for everybody, alcoholics, substance abuse, and anything. Like I didn't have those issues, obviously. Like I wasn't. Oh, so it was, oh, so it was welcome to. But I'm saying, like, was the format mainly for those with addiction problems, and then others, or was it open for everyone, and everyone happened to go? You know what I mean? Everyone happened to go. Oh, okay. So cool. we we're all just like that person over there has an alcohol addiction addiction that person is addicted to pornography you know right. everyone's under one umbrella we're all just right. trying to get better and get right. more like christ right right and it's it's whatever you're dealing with so for me personally it was fear of failure which we talked about just a little bit ago mm-hmm. fear of being judged and fear of being rejected mostly um the fear of god itself basically yeah of just like i don't want to like i don't like taking risks because i don't want to fail yeah. And so why would I do something new or outside of my comfort zone with the potential of failing? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, well, then why do it? But yeah. it's like, I need to get that kind of fleshed out and kind of like cut out and like talk about it and bring it into the light to where we can talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was a year long process of kind of fleshing that stuff out. And I was holding on to, guilt and shame of stuff of sins that i have committed in the past like Mm -hmm. even though god has forgiven me of all my sins i was still carrying the weight of the guilt and the shame of those Mm -hmm. and so i wasn't living in the gift of forgiveness if that makes sense like i was forgiven i just wasn't living in it i was just weighing myself down yeah and so through that process God, God's exactly. forgiven, but the human aspect of yourself is what can't let go of it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just being constantly weighed down of that, of the guilt and the shame of stuff that I've done that I wasn't proud of, that sin, whatever you want to call it. And then part of the process is having a mentor, which was an old high school uh, small group leader that kind of took me under his wing outside when I graduated high school and it's kind of took me under his wing into into adulthood and part of the process was sitting down with him and literally confessing what I've done Mm -hmm. of just like hey I've done this hey I've done that and writing it down and talking about it in the open and after I shared all of it like that's kind of when I felt the weight of the shame and guilt get lifted off of me because it's just 
it's got like i've shared it it's yeah. no longer a secret it's no how powerful is that yeah a very powerful it doesn't have yeah. any power over me anymore because i'm not hiding it exactly anymore and so from then on i've been really living more into leaning into the forgiveness part and the grace part it's like there's no longer a scale of i do right deeds i'm in the positive i do negative therefore i'm in the red or i'm in the negative there's there's no such thing right got uh one of my pastors always says there's nothing you can do to make god love you anymore there's yeah. nothing that got you to, you can do to make god love you any less yeah and so that's what i live out on a daily basis and that's what i try to share with people through interactions in the gym which is where i am pretty much 24 7 nowadays yeah. outside of the gym if i do happen to have an hour outside of the gym that's what i try to emulate through all my interactions that's excellent how, how'd you get into fitness um so growing up i was very overweight uh yeah. just like a butterball of a kid were, were i mean just tall because you're tall right uh like six six foot six foot one ish yeah, yeah that's i uh, ask you are tall right because yeah everyone's told to me that's over like five oh, six true. five that's seven true. you know what i mean uh, so but i remember like when i saw you in person I was hanging out i remember looking up as opposed to yeah. just well at the horizon you know what i mean so i remember you were tall so i did so i was short as a kid because i was so round like everything was just <laughs> yeah <compact>. yeah <laughs> and so uh my family growing up we watched uh, that Biggest Loser show mm -hmm. where they just lost a crap ton of weight and it came out that they were taking steroids and stuff. But that of was course, the, the it's drama. Reason. There's always something. Oh, people. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then we started doing that as an entire family because we were all pretty overweight as a family, like in fifth Not grade. Not taking I, steroids. You guys didn't start doing that. Oh, too. yeah. Always. <laughs> like in fifth grade, I was pre-diabetic. Oh, shit. But you so got away was, from that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, like, so my dad is type 2 mm. diabetic, and my sister, my older sister, is uh, type 1. Mm, wow. Okay. And so she was um, diagnosed when she was 15 or 16, and then my dad was diagnosed kind of when I was born, so 28 years ago. Mm. Uh, but we all live pretty unhealthy lifestyles, no exercise, no eating right. It was just... Happy meals, you know, fast food, whatever is the cheapest and the easiest kind of a thing. Right. right. And so um, kind of to start, we did like Biggest Loser. Uh, I don't think P90X was out then, like 20, like 2006, 2007. We did like workout videos, like Billy Blanks, Tybo, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all workout DVDs, guys, yeah. like in the living room together, like all five of us all crammed into one room. That's so awesome. Though. Just doing like a, a class routine. <laughs> and great. so we were like eating, you know, relatively healthy. It was more just like, just eat less. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Um, <laughs> So part of my personality is taking things to the extreme yeah. sometimes. So I was like, eat less. Well, if I don't eat at all, we're real good. Gonna come off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, anyways, and so from sixth to seventh grade, that's when I grew tall, 
but I hit my growth spurt because I got more lean. Right. Like it was, it was still like, like skinny fat kind of a thing of like, no really muscle, but I lost a ton of body weight, like body fat right. between sixth and seventh grade. And that's when I got really tall. Um, like 2007, 2008. So when I was in seventh, eighth grade, that's kind of when CrossFit started like their grassroots OG movement. Oh, yeah. like posting stuff on their main site and so my family did a little bit of that or as much as we could because we just had a a commercial global gym right across the street from us and so it's like we don't know what a power clean is but what we was know it with crossfit kind of- that got you uh like what, what was it with crossfit that just that helped um well for the most part it was my dad doing the research about it and he's just like because we kind of got used to all the workout DVDs and the videos to where we hit not necessarily a plateau, but just like, okay, what's, we need something different in order to really create meaningful adaptations and transformations physically. Right. And so he heard, yeah, yeah. Kind of the next thing. So we did like really OG CrossFit workouts the best that we could. It's like, we don't know what a power clean is, but we know just how to work for yeah. 20 minutes as hard as you can. Right. And we're like, that sounds fine with us. And so we just did that and just kind of like, kind of like half-assed some stuff in the global gym a little bit, just because it's easier. Cause like do a set rest for half an hour or just like walk on the treadmill for like five minutes as a warm up, yeah. you know, very just like gen pop kind of way of exercising. Um, and then kind of like in high school, kind of dropped off of that. Just got really, again, I got really unhealthy and heavy in uh, high school to where I graduated and I was probably close to 280. Jeez. maybe maybe close to 300 were you playing pounds. sports at all no no sports i didn't play any sports even though every coach wanted me to yeah that's why i, I asked i mean Jesus yeah, just i was so i was so large yeah but i just i did not want to be associated with the people playing the sports because they were just <laughs> such idiots so all i cared about was my grades and going mm-hmm. home and playing video games all day what did you day. have like an intention of doing like, did you have, like, in high school, did you know what you want to do with your life? Or, like, were you just focused on grades and video? Uh, for the most part, just on grades. And then um, sophomore, summer of sophomore year, summer of junior year, uh, with my church that I attend, I still attend to today, I went on a missions trip to Costa Rica to help mm. just their mission sites and whatever they needed help with. And so I got plugged into uh, actually a photography site where they were just taking pictures and like promoting their ministry sites all across the city. And so I actually got really into photography in high school. And so I was like, I want to be a photography teacher. Uh, So that uh, the initial kind of like desire to like actually help teach people something kind of got birthed in high school 
my like sophomore junior year and at that time i was just photography just because i thought it was really cool right and so i was just after school or like on the weekends i would just go and take pictures of literally everything on this like this little camera just anything sunset sunrise a plant a bug whatever in costa rica right in costa rica but when i got home Oh, when you got home, you're just obsessed now, too. Yeah, I was just like, I'm let me ask you, I gotta ask you this question because <laughs> the sick mind that I rest in fucking thought about it. Was there anyone that, like, on these missions that had nefarious ways that maybe were in Costa Rica doing other things like cocaine and hookers? No, no, yeah, because no. I was like, I'm sitting here and I was like, man, if I was having this conversation with you or anyone that's ever done that and I knew that people went to Costa Rica like that. I would definitely hop on and get a trip to Costa Rica, yeah. but I'd be doing other things. Yeah, we all stayed as a group, and no one did anything like that. Well, yeah, not that I, I know of. Away. Yeah, exactly. I would have. I would. No one would know I did this. Yeah. <sighs> Caught me ten years ago. I would have done that. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. not, I don't. I got the time for that shit. If I want to do that, I just go do that. You know what I mean? I got to join a mission to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then fuck it all up too. Give it a bad name because I'd be the guy that gets caught, and they'd be like, "Lou Bombardier from this amazing a mission that's coming down to do great things for people's over here banging hookers and doing coke." Like this isn't a good thing. Yeah, it's you're you're here for the wrong reason, sir. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I'm here for some reason. Just been in the wrong clothing at this moment because I'm coming yeah. here as a missionary, and now I'm over here banging hookers and doing coke. You know yeah. what I mean? In in my in my thing would be, be cool, but. That's that's I can't be do I can't be bringing my shit over there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But so you found so you realize you wanting to teach photography that you realize you want to teach people something. But I'm assuming obviously you eventually got to fitness and strength t- training. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> coming out of high school, uh, still relatively heavy. Um, I got a girlfriend at the time, like right out of high school. So what better way? I mean, what better reason to lose weight? There than- you go. Well, you got her before you lost the weight. Yeah. Oh, wow, good for you. I mean, I, I don't know. Then right there, the motivation to lose the weight's kind of yeah gone. You're like, I got her already. So <laughs> what am I losing the weight for? Oh, you did it for her. Yeah, kind. I mean, yeah, it was it was a good motivation. Yeah. And so, um, probably like 2012 to 2000. 14-ish when while we were dating just kind of took it a little bit more seriously at the globo gym here just right across the across the way here by my house and uh so it didn't really do anything like super specific just gen pop treadmill just showing up just showing yeah. up and doing shit yeah just, like about three four days a week type of thing just uh yeah like four four to five I feel like part. are we working at this time or just still in school? Uh so I I had a job right out of high school that lasted two weeks. Uh-huh. And what it was, was a it? chef, it was a chef job. Oh yeah. And to, to be chef, to be the chef? Yeah. How'd you get that? Do you cook? No. <laughs> Not at all. How'd this happen? <laughs> It's awesome. I, I was like, to the to the manager, I was like, man, I really need a job. I'll do anything. I'm a fast learner, <laughs> and it's just like, man, the microwave is my best friend. But you know, I can do it. 
And so he was like, okay, we'll give you a shot. And it happened to be the most central part of the entire kitchen was my job right out of high school, having zero experience whatsoever. That's not even your fault at that point. No, it's not. <laughs> Guys, so like, I, you have no experience being a chef or doing anything in the kitchen. He's like, yep. He's like, I head chef. <laughs> so it was, so I manned the fryer. I manned the grill. I made all the salads. I I man I took care of every single either to go order, haul in order, delivery order, and I bagged everything. So the main wow. hub of the entire kitchen was my job, <laughs> with zero experience wow. coming right out of high school. I threw you right in the wolves right there. You didn't get yeah. a shit. So that's that's why I lasted two weeks because I just did not handle it. That's amazing. <laughs> oh all right so so then after that uh just didn't happen huh oh that's just let's just forget about that i try to forget about that part god that's fantastic that was a dark two weeks let me tell you i can get a job anywhere with like that hearing stories like that i'm like that's how you know like you're straight in life because like (laughs) it's just less no experience at all like you're hired like if if that can happen there, it can happen many places too. Oh yeah. Listen, if you're listening out there, you got no experience anywhere, you can go become a head chef somewhere. Like it's all right. Yeah, Hang in if there. If you just cry to the owner <laughs> hard enough, they will give you the job. That's it. Just you know, amongst yeah. other things, you you know, whatever you got to do out there. Yeah, it can it can get done. Just got to try it really hard. Yeah. Oh man. That's uh. So then probably like around 2013, 2014, my uncle hired me uh, at an office job full, full time. I literally just scanned papers eight hours a day. Damn, that sucks. It, yeah, Damn, it was terrible. very boring. Like I just eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, just oh. one paper and the scanner at a time. That's it. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, it was very mind-numbing. I so uh the only fun part about that job was to mess with people because I, I mean we've all watched the office and so I wanted it to be like mm-hmm. that. Of course. I, they they were not cabinet. They were not on board, <laughs> so to speak. Because it they had a <sighs> they had a lunch room where everyone ate lunch and everyone sat in the same exact seat every single day. Mm-hmm. And so it was easy for me to pick up on their migratory patterns because they did it every single day. Right. And so one day, every day of the week, I just sat in someone else's chair just to mess with them. And then um, <laughs> by the end of the week, the manager came out to me. So the owner of the company came up to me and said, I know what you're doing. You need to stop. That's crazy. I wouldn't stop know, sitting like in other there. people's chairs. So that was that experience. That's that's a tough life, man. To like, because you think about it, could be what to me. Like the way I look at a life like that is, is you gotta. That's got to be one of two, one of a couple ways, I guess. The only two I'm seeing is like freeing in the sense of when you go to your job, you just a robot like thing, and then you leave. But if it's, it's torturous, if you got to, if you're consciously aware that you're just like, 
doing the fu- to the point where you have like a a signed seated thing in a public area like that like what if i don't want to talk to so and so next to me right now or like whatever the case is like yeah you just you just have to shut tough, your man. brain off yeah it's tough yeah that's cr- it's like you you're just a, a robot for 40 hours a week and you're like yeah. okay yeah if it pays the bills then i'll be a robot for yeah. 40 hours a week and i mean you could make because if it's one if you're using the job to build something else for yourself it could definitely work too if you're gonna literally if it's living if you're the if you can be jiving with the fact that your job's like all right monotonous but it provides for the life you love to live and that's cool but it can be the third that's just torture for you because you're like this is horrifyingly terrible yeah i'm was... like the alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever these you have all the vices to run to escape from your reality that you're in you know yeah i'd say it was a third option it was very torturous i mean i didn't really i could tell by the way you said what you had were doing it's yeah i mean i didn't run say anything negative to be honest i was just like this sucks yeah every day so how'd you get out of that my uncle the one that hired me is the one that laid me off did he did you ask him did he see this that he was just like this this ain't for you you gotta get the fuck out of here uh well i guess the they just needed to make keep the people that were actually doing the work which i mean how could you not be doing the work if you're just scanning papers i guess it wasn't scanning them fast enough right so he was just like you're laid off you can go collect unemployment but for right now you just don't have a job Nice. Well, you get unemployment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that was nice, but at the same time, it was just like I still see, I still see this uncle to this day. Oh, that's what's tough about mixing business and family. You know what I mean? No, I'm it's, kidding. It's tough. I mean, I still see him, but it's not, it's not a point of contention. It's just like it's you still work like there. He's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, so after that, uh, kind of like. While I was working there, I actually got into a CrossFit gym that I still attend and now I coach at because um, I was in photography. I was actually in photography school at that time in around 2013, 2014 ish to progress in my photography skills. So I have uh, an associate's degree and several, probably like four or five different certificates in photography so that took two to maybe three years to accomplish so you still into photography now to this day not as much uh i really wanted to make uh my hobby my profession of like making money and stuff but after a while like i just got burned out just it was like an assignment every week for a three years and after that i was just like i'm i'm done i just couldn't handle it and well, you gotta get back into photography just make it a hobby again yeah i mean i the perspective around now from yeah. like i have to make this hobby into making me money now and, and also with the schooling where make it enjoyable again not a thing i have to do you know what yeah because I mean? if it's a pat that's a career i'm friendly understand don't understand the, the the need for human creativity uh-huh. And when we don't have like some like whether it's you like to write, you like to paint, you like to draw, you like whatever it is, you like to take pictures, whatever it is, we need that. That's a you gotta get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like I I still have all the cameras that I yeah, use. And, do and all the all the knowledge is stuck <laughs> in this 
brain somewhere. Like I remember still yeah. how to do everything. So exactly. I mean, exactly. It's you know, it's finding the moments and taking the pictures. Like get into that shit again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and yeah. While while I was doing that, uh, yeah, that's the whole ticket too. Like think about it. Instagram is a whole origination for pictures. If you yeah. you, you want to make the money, you can go on in there, create the little website, fucking put your pictures on there as your whole portfolio. Go on, let me do this for you. I'm gonna take 10% if I keep going. Yeah, you do the whole portfolio and then you do the Instagram, you just put your pictures up, you know? Yeah, make it the hobby and then take it a post real quick. Yeah, come on, get to it. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, while I was doing that, I had a, a project that I had to do where I just took pictures like created my own story kind of kind of a thing and so I knew a friend a really good friend that was doing CrossFit at the time like at a competitive level what what was considered competitive in like 2014 I was like hey can I just come take pictures of you and see what you do he's like sure why not so I just one weekend Saturday and Sunday I went there when like your competitors were training and just took pictures of everything they did. And I just, I was like, how much weight's on the bar? You know, yeah. I had no idea. And they're like, oh, it's like, you know, 200 or, you know, whatever. I was like, how are you lifting 200 yeah. pounds? Yeah. I would have been impressed if they said 100. I would have been yeah. like, that's amazing. Yeah. So I kind of like fell in love with it almost instantly. Like, I think I got a membership like two weeks later wow. i was just like i want to lift that much yeah. and move like you do and look like you do right that seems pretty cool so yeah i joined like two weeks after i took pictures and the assignment and all that stuff um and then after photography school i was still training at the i've been at this crossfit gym since 2014 so I, i've never stopped going there i've never stopped wow almost going on being, nine years yeah being with the same people doing the same stuff kind of a thing uh just really consistent uh, after photography school kind of just took a break from school just because i was just tired of it yeah i mean i could imagine so um school's tough yeah so when for a new job, I was a furniture mover. So like if you're moving houses or into an apartment or furniture. storage unit, whatever, like that was a company I worked for. And again, it sucked. Yeah, I've heard that. Because it was, you don't really know how, I'm just going to say stupid people are. And yeah. so they, they need to move their stuff yeah. because you show up the date they wanted you to show up and they say we're not ready for you to be here yeah well it's like nothing's uh, bought nothing's boxed nothing's packed their dressers are still full of anything and everything and they're like you can still move it right isn't that an amazing thing that humans do though what not prepare and so not think about it because it's not just not preparing it's saying hey Hun, we need or whoever the fuck we need to move. Why? This fucking guy. What? Yeah. I tell him I'm doing a podcast over here. He's gonna ask yeah. me what's chicken for using. You know, for dinner. Must be important. Well, it's chicken for dinner, but um. Oh, that's important. 
Yeah. What were they saying? Oh, that like, all right, you're like, hey, we got to move. So let's get a, let's hire a mover. And you do all that. And then you don't prepare anything for the moving. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's either you make the assumption that you don't have to, you don't have to uh, actually do anything. They're going to move everything for you, including packing all that. Or what is it? Then it's like, right, let's make this move. And then what do you do? You completely forget about it. Is that just, uh, what's that word? Procrastination to the heaviest? So anyway, that's just wild. I, I would just, I'll shit. just say they just didn't care. I mean, it's just, it's just complete apathy at that point. I'm just like, you know what? It is, it is what it is. They're going to move that's it. That's what I'm saying. Then it's the assumption that the movers have to move all this and do that work. Yeah. So like most of the time, like the furniture and the dressers weren't unpacked. So it just made everything like twice as heavy to move. Because like when I've moved, I've had everything to a T ready. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I... And um, there's so many aspects I can go down to why I would be that way. I just am the way I am, but like why others would do the other way. That's what I'm thinking. The only way they would do the other way is because they assume that it's it's just the mover will move everything. You know, for me, it's like, yeah, the mover's not, not, isn't a packer. I pack, they move. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, so that lasted almost two years of doing that while she so i would move Christ, things dude. you've had terrible jobs so far. i have yeah you know what i mean that's fucking uh, nuts i mean if you unless like the chef one would have been great if you at, inspired to be a chef in your life yeah if that's, i wanted to yeah, be a chef it would that would have been, been the great. best position to go into i would that, be like i love this yeah but the no. office job i don't know who is inspiring to do the, whatever the fuck over there and then now you're over here moving furniture for two years. So how'd you get out of this one now? Uh, so I just got really tired of it, both physically and mentally. Just because, Well, physically, it's as you can assume, yeah, it, it is. Sucks. Most of the time, it's very demanding. Everything's just really heavy. And awkward, right? Like, it's awkward movement. It's awkward weight yeah. you're moving between the furniture and the positions you got to get in. You're like up and down, up and down stairs. Up and down stairs, two story, three story houses. Yeah, fuck that. Up hills, like a hundred yards away. If we had to park really far away, that kind of thing. And so I just got really. And some days were like sixteen hour days. Yeah, of dude, just moving Devante, stuff. When I was doing X Seven, my old partner Devante, he fucked up was moving furniture. He'd say the same thing, the same exact shit, like. 16 hour days, fucking terror. Man, I'm thinking about these kids I used to know back in the day. They were doing French moving. That sucked too. They hated it too. Yeah, it's terrible. Damn so then, uh, one of my old high school uh, small group leaders back at church worked at Target and he was like, human resources. I was like, can you please get me a job at Target? <laughs> be inside, be air conditioned. Yeah. I can deal with stupid customers. At any time, right. I just give it. And he was like, I got you. Yeah. So probably like within a week, he got me a job at Target. So I didn't even give it two weeks. I said, hey, this is my last move. Tomorrow, you're not going to see me ever again. Yeah, and that's it. I'm out. How'd they so take then, that? Were they pissed? Uh, maybe a little, but, but not enough knew- to keep an impact. Uh, they were just like, uh, it's just another number. Yeah, that's just another saying, employee. Yeah. You, How long did you last the target? Huh? How long did you last the target? Uh, maybe like a year and a half. 
And so then how did you now start get training people along with getting into prescript? Yeah. So while I was working at Target, that's when uh, I really started wanting to be a coach at the gym that I still go to now. It's called, it was New Era CrossFit here in Fresno, but then we've, we've switched names since we uh, moved uh, locations. Mm-hmm. Now it's Olympus Fitness. Olympus Fitness. Like, mm-hmm. like, like that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's when I really wanted to start getting into coaching just because I was just really fascinated with it. And I was like, I have enough experience and I feel like I know enough through just a sheer experience of doing it for six to seven years. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. And yeah. I know that I care enough to where I can do this yeah. for people. And so while I was working on Target, I was kind of like in the background getting the CrossFit level one certificate to be able to start coaching because that's what this gym uh, you needed to get it in order to start coaching. For, and so it's just, Oh no, from CrossFit. I haven't No, no, I'm saying Wait, were you in PSL1 at Target? No. Oh, you increase a, you were at a CrossFit certification while Target. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you said you were doing the PSL one. So that's why I was like, no, oh, this, this gym this is, needed. No, this is still like 2018-ish. Oh, I got you. So, so the gym required a, a CrossFit cert that you were yes. doing. Okay, yes. I got you. So I got my CrossFit level one certification. Uh, so I was trying to work at Target and coach classes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people at Target, the managers really did not like me for some reason. Mm. so they're like we can't change your schedule you have to figure something out and so i said okay then i'm just going to leave target there you go nice and just go full-time coaching classes so that's what i did nice so i left um target 2018 2019 ish and just started coaching as many classes as the owner would give me so i started with like three classes and then as people either left to go do something else or they couldn't coach as much then i was just like give me your class nice so i went from like three to six to just keep doubling doubling the number and so after probably like a few months within my first year of coaching i was coaching maybe 12 to 15 classes a week which is what's up yeah, was the majority of the classes during the week. And I was just like, this, this is, is it. it. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Because while, awesome. while I was working at Target, I was getting a bachelor's uh, in English because I thought I wanted to be an English teacher now instead of photography. Ah, what made so you the, do that? What got you? Like, what are you into? What are you, literature? Like, what is that? I don't... So then... It was a it was a sermon that I listened that I our church did just on mm-hmm. the low literacy rates here in the valley, like the Central Valley of California, and how like low gotcha. literacy leads to bad decisions made later in life. Because if right, you right. if you can't read or write, then you're pretty much just screwed the rest of your life. It's not even just the sense of trying to uh, navigate the world. 
but it's also the the missing map connections in our brain that come with learning linguistics and which doesn't mean you have to become a linguistic but just learning a language yeah There's a certain part of our brain that develops if that doesn't occur it's not bad if you're supplementing it with other things like uh-huh. if you call if we're born to a family that for whatever reason purposely doesn't teach you how to learn a right but provide you with other incredible skills in life that's not bad but if you're going to go through life in this societal world and then you can't read and write then it's a it's a it's a pretty big issue because usually that mind map connection will be filled with something not too great mm-hmm. so again that desire to help teach people was kind of like still ticking right there it was sparked again i was like that's it it's english it's literature it's literacy yeah go this dove head first into it and so i got a, a bachelor's uh in english and like in like a two-year program so where every class was like one month long and i just did that consistently for how'd two you years do that? Hmm? how'd you do that it was just like, all uh, online like, yeah, yeah so where'd you go it was called national national university here in, they have, um, is it um, a lot of money mm-hmm. yeah did you go through in debts and stuff uh no my grandparents use my inheritance to pay for it that's fantastic well it is yeah i mean this is better than having debt right i only ask because i've been pondering in my head to do a quick little thing like that just to get the credentials in a certain field of life that i'm highly interested in right now but i don't think about how much was it if you don't mind me asking you don't mind sharing i think it was like 1600 a class so per month two years two and what were the classes like? Was it like an all day thing? Like, what was that like with the structure of it? So it was all online. So it was just that like, it, was, it was, there was no like lectures, no live Zoom, anything like that. It was literally like by the end of the week, you need to read this, this, and this, write a paper on this, this, and this, and answer questions based on this, this, and this. It was like that for two years. I think I'm just going to take $1,600 hire someone to hack one of these systems and get me the fucking i'm not kidding (laughs) well some some classes yeah some classes were very repetitive it was like shakespeare one and then shakespeare two you're like what did you learn about shakespeare because i heard this gangster shit that shakespeare the person nothing much oh because i heard the shakespeare the person isn't a person it was actually a collecting collection of works from a group of people that were hiding something or some type of shit was going on and they had to publish it under the collections of sir william shakespeare but he as a person never existed i have no idea i barely paid attention to tell you i heard that but at the same time i remember reading a biography on william shakespeare so That's so crazy about the world because who the fuck says I couldn't create a book about some guy and, and made a whole fiction? I mean, look what 21 Savage did by coming to America and told everyone he was an Atlantic, he was a rapper from Atlanta when he was really yeah. a rapper from England, you know? And that's just a, a very superficial thing of what I'm saying with creating a whole, you know, person that is William Shakespeare. Because the writers that made all the works, if that is true, could have just wrote the biographies on William Shakespeare, mm-hmm. especially back then, all the media was of written. You know, so you didn't need videos and pictures of guys. You would have fucked. Like, you know, I mean, who's going to say yeah. what? I mean, like, if anybody could do it, it's you. Yeah. Oh, definitely, dude. I'm. Oh, I got, dude, I got ideas. Don't worry about it. You've got you got you've got a brain of yours that could create anything, and everyone <laughs> uh, would just believe it. They're like, well, yeah. Lou said it. That's the sick it must part. Must be true. I know that. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a, I think yeah, but that's I, an I, aspect I, of us we all have in a sense, I think too. It's just how much of it we tap into or think we're that thing. That uh that idea of uh superiority. Cause even in the sense of not idea of superiority, but uh the authority. Cause even the sense of teaching is like uh it's it's an authority, it's an in a sense of authority because I'm the one who has the teaching, the knowledge, you know. But not saying that the intention is of authority when one is teaching. It is just another structure of the authority. Well, good. Yeah, I have this knowledge. You need this knowledge in order to, if it's in a classroom setting, you need this knowledge to progress in life, literally. Yeah. So that does hold some type of authority over somebody or a group of people. But I'm just. And then it's really just putting what you're definition of authority to be because it doesn't have because i'm talking about myself like i when i think of authority i always think no go away like i don't like being told to, I, I yell at myself yeah. in the mirror 20 for 20 minutes in the morning about what we're about to do you know what i mean no one tells me what to do it's crazy mm-hmm. but like so like it's changing that idea around what authority be then it's not a doesn't mean anything other than like a totem pole structure of things like this is just now what has to be listened to to then go to this level to this level you know and all mm-hmm. that Interesting. Interesting. All right. Where where were that? I don't even know where that just how that just came about. Well, I can tell you, I can't tell you a lick about English or literature because I barely read anything. Yeah. But you passed? Did you pass and all that? Oh yeah, of course. See, that's the tick, and, and you have a degree from this. Oh yeah. It's just the shit I'm talking about. Cause I actually really want to learn the shit that I'm trying to well, that I'm not trying to, to pondering whether I'm gonna get into or not. And it's just literally paying. If you know, that's why I'm also waiting for certain things to happen. If certain things happen the way they might happen, I'm told they're gonna happen. Then certain things will come into my life that I'll be able to do certain things with. That maybe I go that route just to get the paper on the wall. So, did you eventually do an online degree for fitness? Uh, so after doing the CrossFit Level One and coaching for. By about two, three years, I started uh, not necessarily doing CrossFit in my own training because I discovered uh, hybrid, hybrid performance method. You know, uh, Steffi yes. Cohen, Hayden yes. Bow, all those, all them guys. Yes. And so I was like, they lift really heavy stuff. Great I people. want to, I want to do that. Mm. That looks fun. So then I got uh, started with their online programming the powerlifting program that they just give out online Mm -hmm. like a monthly service type type of thing Mm -hmm. and so it was on their podcast that i heard uh mr shallow himself come on and kind of as a coach i just felt really stagnant of just like if someone says something's tight i was like just go shove a foam roller up your butt and i'm sure it'll release something yeah, something will happen. Yeah, and something will happen indefinitely. But I, I was just like, man, I, I think there's something more to this coaching thing other than just giving basic answers that I know. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard Jordan talk about prescript and like how in depth they are, I was like, that's it. Yeah. And so, so like, everything. 
everything Jordan was on, I, I didn't become obsessed, so don't give him that type of power over me. <laughs> but because I, I know I he'll, <laughs> yeah, he's going to hear this. He's probably hearing this right now in Dubai. But um, I was just like, I just, I need to get into this. I mean, this is awesome. The way that he just cares about everybody and the way that he generally wants to help, like in every way possible, just really got me. It just hooked, hooked me right away. And so probably within the, like a month or so, I took the PSL one, the pre-skip level one. Yeah. So I like, I don't have a kinesiology background. I have a photography and English yeah. background. That's why. So when he was like, this is your scapula. I was like, this is your what? <laughs> it, like, I had no idea. Wow, like yeah. everything was just brand new to me of just like, I don't have any prior knowledge experience in physical therapy. So it really blew your mind wide open. Oh yeah. The, the very first week I was like, wow. I'm going to die in this class. In this what, course. Did this, I, what did the CrossFit I, thing teach you? Like what was this CrossFit cert? Here's a weekend full of stuff. Now you can go tell people to do this stuff. Gotcha. So specifically for the gym. Uh, tell or people... was this like a cert that went all over the place? You know what I mean? I like mean, if I got this, can I get this cert and then be do teach CrossFit in Florida? Yeah. Holy shit. That's wild. But hey, so, so you the were CrossFit... mind blowing with fucking prescripts. Yeah, because so like did I said, you then now what do you have? Because you were obviously like, yo, what what am I gonna do? So you obviously had to get the books and start learning. Uh not entirely, because like I said, the, the CrossFit level one didn't really teach me anything really specific or helpful. Yeah. It was just like it was just complete CrossFit methodology. Like if when people say CrossFit's a cult, they don't really say it that nowadays. But I was like, I can believe it because I just want you to regurgitate what they tell you. Yeah, and but every aspect does too. Like, there's a ton of avenues in fitness and any, every other aspect of any study that they always have their people. You know, what yeah. I mean, and CrossFit's just a different wave. You know, now it seems to be. As I'm about to say this, though, I also stop myself because maybe I'm just who I surround myself with. But it seems like a powerlifting thing is occurring. Where like, uh, you know, like powerlifting is the thing to do you know what i mean mm -hmm. Not, i'm again i say that because it's just happens to be what i'm doing as well so i don't know i just never did crossfit but i also always remember everyone doing crossfit yeah you know what i mean so then yeah uh the only thing crossfit really hinged upon was just your experience of doing crossfit yeah and so nice. to coach to coach crossfit it was like just tell the people what you know and what you've heard of and don't tell them what you don't know yeah Oh, it's not a terrible tactic. Uh, yeah, it's like being a head <laughs> chef for two weeks. Exactly. It's like so, I don't know what I'm doing either, dude. So then, what happened after? Like when you get in the prescript, you're like, "What the fuck is scap?" Uh, so yeah, well, I joined when the the manual, the very first edition of the manual came out, mm -hmm. the PSL one manual. So that helped a lot, mm -hmm. just because I was like, I don't know any of these terms. He said abduction. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Internal rotation. Yeah. Not I. I've got nothing in the brain where that goes to. 
So yeah, it was very complete fresh start. But that's yeah. also a blessing. Yeah. Because your first initial introduction to it is pre-script. Yeah. And so like I said, I, I became almost obsessed with it. Like the RXD radio podcast that the Jordans do. Yeah. Like yeah. I was just like listening to every episode I could on yeah. travel time just to try to get myself wrapped around what the crap they're talking about. Yeah. Because it's just so overall encompassing what they're trying to go for. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm looking for in order to better myself as a coach and as someone who trains by himself, you know, trains himself. I want mm-hmm. something to help me progress and help my care for people to reach the next level of being able to actually help them and not just tell them that I'm there for them, but to right. actually do stuff to show that I am there for them. Right. Right. So I took the PSO one, uh, supposed to be 16 weeks. It was more like 18 to 19. <laughs> so thanks Mr. Shallow for that. Right. Um, yeah, I really loved it. Uh, then took the, so I just got into anything and everything pre-script. So I took yeah. skill acquisitions with, uh, Mr. Yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think right after that is when I went to the, the intensive that I met you. In Cali. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. So that was my first interaction in person with pre-script people. So meeting, really? meeting Mr. Shallow, uh, Genta, Thayer was there, you know, everybody. That was my yeah. first time actually going to something that was pre-script affiliated, not CrossFit affiliated well that was a fantastic first introduction too i'd say well yeah i was i was just a sponge i was like just don't talk (laughs) and just listen to anything and everything they say just because i just felt so i wouldn't say out of place but just like i don't have any back to the authority aspect i don't have any authority to say anything here because i know i know nothing Dude, I was I, like, I don't know anything to be able to contribute to these conversations, so I'm just going to shut up and listen. Well, I'll tell you, you hold yourself well, because I could have never in a million years thought that. And I honestly think that all the time when I'm in the rooms, in the, in the pre-script rooms. And now, like, if I knew you knew less than, like, that's what's so wild, literally, is because I think that's such a beneficial way to look at things, because I also have an extremely intense ego. So, like... Uh-huh it might get in the way of myself learning. If I know I'm not, I know more than someone else in the room. That's for what me, I absolutely it, for, love about it. Yeah. For me, the pattern is the exact opposite. I just assume I know nothing or like assume. No, that's what I'm saying. I have to take that assumption. Cause if I yeah. don't, and I like, that's what I'm saying with you specifically, cause I made the assumption that cause the way you hold yourself and the way I go about it already is you, you know, you definitely hold more. Like, I'm just brand new in this game, the way I look at it, you know? Mm-hmm. But if we actually knew each other in that sense or came in the same way, I'd be the one helping you in a sense as well, you know yeah. what I mean? But when I'm trying to learn, having the ego in my head, knowing I know it would actually stifle me from learning more because I'm mm-hmm. not as opened up sponge as I'd like to be because I have the thoughts of knowing more than someone in the fucking room. And this ego, like I said, is so intense. It'll 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 shine that light so heavy on just that one thought of knowing more than someone else. Thinking about them with that yeah. person, it's not focused on actually trying to absorb new information. You know. Yeah. Well, what I was saying is like for me, I'm the exact opposite to a fault to where like 
if I do gain new information or stuff that is different from what someone else knows, like CrossFit versus the prescript methodology, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I still just assume I'm just an idiot that is just trying to make his way kind of a thing, almost yeah. to a fault to where like, I'm always trying to learn and better myself, but always just assuming that I am still not there yet. And that, that is good. And that is a bad, uh, a positive that I'm always willing to learn and to adapt, but also a negative to where it's like, no, you don't necessarily give yourself enough credit for what you have learned, what you have accomplished thus far. And I feel, I think I feel fall more into that latter category of like, I don't really give myself enough credit for taking these courses or trying to better myself as a coach or as a a trainer, whatever you want to call it to where I'm just like, I, I, I just don't know anything, but it's like, Oh, I do know things. But, but that's see, Cause I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't, cause it, instead of the, the the discussion with the self of like, oh, I'm not giving myself enough credit. At the same time, it's like giving us ourselves credit just for doing, like just for being in the in the avenue. That's cool. That right there alone, just looking to learn every day. Then forget it after that. After that, it's like, yeah, I do know nothing. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Like, because I think I try to do it the same way. And again, it's for me, I have to, to stifle the fucking ego. Otherwise, yeah. I'll sit here and talk like I'm a supreme god and literally refer to other humans as if I'm not a human. It's sick. But it's not in the sense of like, I know nothing of shit. It's just like, no, I truly don't. And then I think that maybe that whole thing of when we, when we really feel like a true accomplishment is when we, we could, that stifles a little bit where it's like, I don't even have to have the conversation if I know or not. Cause I know, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like even the comfort of knowing I know nothing for me is great because it's like, yeah, what's next. And I hope it, I, every day I wake up sponge ready to learn some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because every time you think you know, you're fu- you're fucked. There you go, you're screwed. Because now you know, but you really don't. Yeah. You know. So to me, it's just changing the idea of like, yeah, always be. Uh, to me, it's congratulating yourself for even showing up to learn, and then leave it there until you truly feel like. For me and myself, like until I, because I, I, I think I think the same thing of like, uh, not giving myself enough credit. But mm-hmm. I also cultivate the ideas that one, I don't think humans deserve anything. That's all fucking. That's a game we play with ourselves. Like, I deserve to, and I, yeah, right, whatever. Oh that's yeah, my that's my thought on it, right? Yeah, it was. I desire to to not desire things, although that itself is a desire. Three is like I'm showing up and learning every day. You know what I mean? And when I feel I truly know something, is when I'm confident myself to say something. Until then, it's not like, oh, uh, you don't know, or you're not giving yourself the credit. It's just, hey, we're not ready to to say we know yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. With myself, which then usually you also happen to notice when we're talking to others, we're usually talking to ourselves anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are the aspect you. of ourselves? Yeah. Because I think we're all just mirrors, really. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? For each other to figure shit out. But you gotta you gotta be willing to be the mirror yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't even know how I fucking got with that one, but that's how shit happens sometimes where thoughts go nuts like that. No worries. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's, dude, that's, well, again, that's what's wild. That's why I love doing these things. I never knew that you just got into uh, that. And that's so dope because Prescript is the first introduction. So now you're learning from, to me, if you ask me, like, at least my, the way I was introduced through 
for working out my whole life but that was like we do this just to get jacked and we're angry at the world you know what i mean that's yeah. the way i worked it wasn't like any specific reason other than that and then you go i got a nasm and then you're like oh i know that antagonist i know the transverse plane i know all these things i'm a genius mm-hmm. and i found prescript and like i know nothing you know so you to me you're starting out at the best part where it's yeah, like so oh, I, I know nothing but really you're gonna actually know something after this know nothing yeah not the i know some words now i'm fucking a genius like yeah. so many that do the cpt style or even schooling style go without the inexperience at least you have the experience of doing the crossfit and all that first yeah it's like I'm not saying I regret anything or, you know, wish woulda, 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 shoulda, coulda, wish this, regret that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, very grateful for what I've learned thus far. And like I said, um, after the intensive in Cali where I met you, uh, I just took the revamped barbell course from Prescript. How was it? I loved it. Yeah. I took the original. I didn't take the revamped. Yeah, Stu, Mr. Stu Locke was very informative, very fun to interact with, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I've yeah. already applied it to myself and several of my athletes, both members of the gym and also my personal athletes, and it's been very nice, beneficial. And now I'm taking the prescript uh, sports performance nutrition. Oh, yeah. Um, so right with Phil? Yeah. Nice. He's so that's from Australia, what right? Phil, Australia? Yeah. So that's why I'm in right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. I might be signing up for the programming one when I get paid this week. With, um, yeah. I'm going to... James is. Yeah, hopefully do that soon-ish. Kind of have to sparse them out a little bit just because of income and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, when I, I, I banged out a couple. I got the L1. I was doing L2, but I got to sidetrack some stupid shit. Uh, skill acquisition, barbell. I think that's it. But same thing. Because they have everything now. That is so dope about bringing Phil in and then Dr. Jackson mm-hmm. and then uh, Brandon Scholes with the um, breathing. Like, they hit uh-huh. them all, you know? That's and so it's, it's like with all this new information, it's kind of trying to kind of like make my coaching style my own and not just trying to like copy and paste what Mr. Shallow does. Of course, yeah. if, that, if that makes sense. Of course. I, I mean, that's to me, that's the ticket. You take information, you make it knowledge by understanding it and you make it wisdom by knowing how to what now and when to, and to not implement it in life. That's yeah, when I, I look at anything is like when you bring it first, just information, any asshole, not any. Anyone can read, anyone can learn anywhere. Knowledge is when you actually formulate through your own thoughts and understandings of things. And the wisdom is when to use it, who to use it with all those things, you know, when to put it into practice. Yeah. Cause I think that's one of the most difficult things I've dealt with kind of my whole life. It's just coming into my own and just like, because being who I am or being who God has made me to be mm-hmm. and not trying to be somebody else or try to be someone or something that I'm not. Right. And so that comes into everyday living, but also I think specifically now that I'm really doing fitness full time and coaching full time, so to speak of just like, I like, 
I am Michael, not I am Michael through, you know, Killian, you know, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Right. I was like, this, I am Coach Mike, as people call me at the gym, just Coach Mike, Coach Mike. Right. Like, be Coach Mike. Don't be anybody else. And that's kind of like, like I said, what I've dealt with kind of my whole life, kind of a, a struggle is just be who God's made you to be. You don't need, God's only made one you. Right. So be that. You don't need to be anything else. God's not made you to be because he didn't make you that way. So now, why be that way? And now what do you think about in the sense of discovering yourself? Who Who is the self to be discovered and how does one discover it? Or who is that which God created and how does one find him or her? I think initial parts is just being open to absolutely anything and everything that might even pop in your head or in your soul, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, of just like initial, like sit down in a room by yourself and just sit in silence, whatever pops in your head, write it down. Like, like ask who am I or how has God made me or has, how has God wired me to be? And then just go from there of just asking questions like that. Cause for me, like back to the fear of failure, like I've just lived in fear my entire life of just like being confident in God and how he's saved me and redeemed me from sin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the actual like daily aspect of not living in fear of failure or taking big risks or stepping out of my comfort zone or fear of actually saying or talking about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm struggling with right now. And what I've been asking for and praying for courage of like actually coming into my own and stepping out of my comfort zone and being a little bit more assertive in daily living of just not, not necessarily being a pushover, but just like sharing my thoughts and my opinions. And so for like self-discovery, it's, I think you just have to let prior self, whatever prior is for you, just let that go and have that new clean slate and whatever happens happens. Now, let me ask you, what about in the sense of um, the idea around failure? Like, what is it to fail? I think it depends on who you ask. Well, I'm asking, yeah, I'm asking you, what what is it for you to fail? It's for me to fail is to not meet expectations, whether it's placed upon me by others or myself. Now, what do you think, which expectations do you think matter more to you? the ones that you put to yourself or the ones that others put on you? I've, well, I could tell you how I've been living. It's the first one, the ones I've placed on myself. So do you, do you hold yourself like a high standard type of thing? Mm-hmm. Do you yes. think those reflect the standards in which you, you assume God to have of you? I would say not. I would say I... I, I would say... I don't give myself a lot of not wiggle room or gray area stuff, but it's just like very black and white 
if you, you know, like if you say you're this, you need to live this way. And then if not, then you need to get it right again. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just having that expectation upon myself just to live according to God's word every day and just not letting not necessarily culture, but like just have other people say what, how to live, even though they claim they know God's word. But just like, does that really say what you're saying? Or are we both wrong? Do we need to go look at it? But just having that expectation just to live like as intentional as possible every day. And if I fail or don't meet that certain expectation I place upon myself. It's just like, okay, back to the drawing board. How can we, or how can I live that way daily? Mm. So it's the expectations you put in on yourself to perform certain duties or actions. Do you account for thought into this? Like, are there certain thoughts that you don't like having or allow yourself that would go against this um, expectation of how to live? Or is it only actions? I'd say it's it's mostly action-based. Action the only... If I do have thoughts, I try to act upon them as quickly as possible. Because if I'm thinking like about... Um, Say if uh, I have an online athlete who I haven't checked in on that day or like a friend I haven't checked on that day, if, uh, if I'm saying, well, I'm not being a good coach by not checking on in on them that day, I would like message them or text them right away. Well, I think that's a good thing. See, that's what's so wild too. Because I mean thoughts, I mean like uh, ensuing violent acts and such things like that. But um, I think that's a great thing because that's that's the self within us that knows to get shit done. You know what I mean? Like we all have laziness within us and ignorance and all that stuff. And it's the part of us that's like, yo, you got to go do this. And, and the fact you act on it, I think that's a great thing. That That's because my thing is like, where do thoughts come from? What are the thoughts? Who's speaking? You know, which ones are we going to identify which? You know what I mean? Which ones are we going to act on? You know, then then it comes down to what makes that the person. Is it the thoughts they act out? You know, it's the ones they attach to. Who's speaking then? You know? Well, yeah, I, I would say the whole, like, laziness thing. Like, I I am relatively busy throughout the week, but I always feel like I could be doing more. Like, the always the aspect of, oh, you could do more. You could fit this into there or whatever aspect to me dude like yeah. I'm, I'm cultivating patience like the way i look i'm 32 i just started and mm -hmm. i also have to understand if i die then what's the problem i'll be back and these are my things like yeah. and also it's like what all right now what i get past that so death is the the, the dumb the, the always a thing i wake up no one's dead cool we're good now next then it's like patience because the same thing of like having to get things done now you're wasting time i spent my 20s doing drugs like all these ways you can look at it instead of like I, everything we're doing now is leading up to what we're going to do in the future and it's you're doing it now have the patience to keep doing it and it's like losing the attachment the heavy attachment to the expectations because at the end of the day it's like 
what is it serving you? You know, if it's not making us feel good or calm or at peace with ourselves, whatever the case is, then how do we work to either change the perspective around that or release it entirely, you know? Yeah, I think I think for the most part, it's the kind of the question or the motivation of why do I do these things? Which like, things? The ones of like the checkups and stuff like that? Or your day-to-day? What is like anything, anything in general? Like if I decide to do something, what is the motivation or why am I doing it? Like that yeah. cliche of like, what's your why? What's your yeah, why? Like yeah. all fitness people... we all have that it's intention you think about your intention behind what you're doing forget the exactly why that's not again that's a fucking powerful thing that's an that's a conscious and you're creating life as opposed to coasting through it because like a lot of people like why are you doing this i gotta pay the bills and then stops there yeah you know what i mean i'm not just talking about the job in so many what what are you doing this at the gym oh the answer you know it's not actually not even right answer it's not doing what they think to do you know whatever the case is why are you on the stairmaster and you're kicking your leg backwards oh i'm gonna get my glutes bigger like you're not but okay i got you you know what i mean Uh same concept but i think more of the long so along the lines of am i just doing this to make myself feel better like to stroke my own ego or am i doing it for for the greater good yeah for actually other people like i kind of like back to the whole uh kind of like jesus thing like am i doing this to glorify god or am i doing this to glorify somebody else or am i doing this to glorify so myself let me ask you about the identification with you being mike the coach mm-hmm. how does that work with the how understanding that to be as christ self is not to be the ego self but for the greater good yet to be coach mike is of an ego self how does that work into that you know what I mean? Like the attachment to being coach Mike, not saying mm-hmm. just in a sense of like that, the battle with, am I doing this for myself or to help others? You know what I mean? Yeah. How's that? How's that go? Uh, I would say right when I started being coach Mike, I would say I was doing it completely for God of just, just like trying to be as Christ centered as possible of, I don't even know how I would describe just like in the daily interactions, just making sure that I'm not putting myself as a priority, but yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say. Cause what's so wild to me is reading the Bhagavad Gita every day. And what Krishna says is exactly in the sense of doing for the greater good of the self, seeing the self and all not. Cause like I am, you know, uh, pa- um, coach Lou, and I want to train all these clients because I want to be the best personal trainer. I want the glorification. I want the cash. I want the, I want the, mm-hmm. it's like, no, because I truly have this desire to learn and teach, which yeah. right there, when we have those, that's, that's where it comes. You know what I mean? Now it's learning an aspect and being able to teach it to others. I have that within me. I have that trait. So it's utilizing these, um, call them even talents. And then helping others with it, not just holding to myself to say, all right, I love to learn. So let me learn a ton about making, and I'm not just hating on money, but making a ton of money and then teach others how to make a ton of money. But I make money off of them than when they make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's where it gets completely misdrawn. And that, and that's what you're saying is extremely similar to what the Bhagavad Gita says. And that's 
where I always notice often, not always, often I notice similarities in many different uh, scriptures, beliefs, religions, and such. Yeah, I think. Of it. Yeah, I think it's mainly just daily. I, I call it injecting God into my conversations and in, in my interactions, not necessarily just shouting in my classes. If you know, Jesus is the King of your life and just like, okay, now start, start yeah, to work okay. out. Like, that's not what I do. I'm not that yeah. crazy, yeah. but it's just like the way I interact with people, uh, kind of like my kind of like mission statement, if you want to call it is to spread God's love and light through fitness yeah. it, so, it's not telling me what god did show me yeah it's not telling me about god's words show me it's be yeah because it's not being a human doing it's becoming it's a human being being the christ self the word of god yeah exactly i you hit the nail on the head yeah. just daily living yeah. of showing up and trying to be as Christ-like as possible. And that's the grace of God, not the doing of God, the yes. actions of God. Exactly. Uh -huh. that's, yeah, that's so dope because that's exactly what it is. And again, not even just in my opinion, in the sense of when I look into other scriptures, whether it's the I Ching, the Bhagavad Gita, Bibles, uh, even alchemy, Noahism, Illusion Mysteries, all those things all harp on the same understanding of like there's a higher order of things whether you want to call that god or yahweh or krishna or vishnu whatever and it's not even the sacrifice because when a lot of people hear sacrifice they think killing and things like that it's mm -hmm. sacrificing our ego personalities or personas or attachments to our sense desires of instant gratifications or grat or gross gratifications for the greater good of all yeah you know, and again whatever that or everything i just said turns out to be for you you know yeah. it could be you could be doing the whole money thing in the greater good in the sense of let's say you came from a poverty-stricken area and you saw the injustice of things or you came from a wealthy area and you still didn't like the injustice that you saw one time on a trip somewhere that you saw some people in poverty and utilized your knowledge and your wealth to help others and taught them how to get out of poverty through understanding the language of money and such that's for a greater good, you know, but if mm -hmm. you're sitting there watching your bank account get bigger and because you got a bigger boat than, you know, Barry Benson over there next door, that's when you're living in the gross world, the material world of, you know, and, and I forget the exact quote about Jesus saying uh, not to put your treasures on earth, doth, I forget the exact saying, but basically don't put your treasures on earth because people rob, steal, and it corrupts anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's fucking amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. So you are real still obviously very active with your church, yeah? Uh, I mean, I attend, I attend church every Sunday. I don't necessarily um, serve or that say like? any of what that. Is, I'm sorry to cut you off, but what is a regular service like for, for your church? Uh, well, it's just, it's basically like an hour, maybe hour 15 long of worship through music. So two or three songs, a sermon about a topic or a book of the Bible that we are currently going through, mm -hmm. a few more worship songs, and then like closing thoughts, and then that's about it. 
what uh what religion it would be christian you're christian yeah it's right? Chris, yeah christian, christian. Uh-huh. and is this grace of god thing you speak of is that within your whole church or is that something you yourself and maybe some others discuss? it's it's to the whole church i love you on that because that helps my own uh personality if, structures around certain yeah, religions. If, like I said, if a I church up, is not preaching that's by grace alone by faith alone and christ alone then you need to find a different church now what is your i really love you said that what is your aspect now on other religions um well i've well i i've been to the middle east on a missions trip before about uh kind of like their some of their religion and their beliefs um i've been to costa rica that was barely either like catholic roman catholic or christian um views on other religions i just don't have much interactions with other religions so to speak because kind of the where i live there's not it is pretty diverse it's pretty um melting pot ish so to speak but i kind of interact with the same people every day and and really who talks about religion honestly not i mean yeah if you're there to work out if you're there to exercise the last thing you're talking about is what you believe in yeah i mean think not many people discuss religion even that aside you know what i mean there's, yeah. probably, there's a ton of people that go to church and don't talk about religion yeah it's like emotion well, yeah they they're i would say a lot of people are there just to check the box of like i went to church today yeah, and that's the that's the part that gets me because like i remember at my uncle's funeral not too long ago we were at this just you know god-fearing church and my someone one of the relatives was saying a um the words and the pastor I don't remember exactly which religion was, so I don't even know if he was a pastor, but, you know, the, the authority figure, the pastor was a priest. Whatever, yeah. Goes, uh, you know, we have to speed this up a little bit. We have another one coming in. And I'm just like, that's beautiful. Because that's like, yeah. that right there is the epitome of like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to show you about God. I'm just going to tell you about him. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And that's just what's so wild. And, and, and that's what I mean by, that's to me phony holy because that's what I mean by you're even in church. You're even in the place of worship and you're not even doing the thing because like what is the more if we're going to go by what God would God want another fucking be, another f- profit tonight or you know, what I mean profitable money income like mm-hmm. or the people can't wait 15 minutes and not just that. Do you think the people that just lost someone or sitting there right? Now, Come on, let's go get these people at it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where is the godly grace of things? You know, yeah, that's right. That's what things get crazy. That's why I love that you tell me this about your church because it helps me in my uh disdain for really the Christian religion, not the Christian religion, but certain aspects. And really, just then I when you learn further deep, it's just human nature that shows through when it happens a lot with every single aspect of belief and following. You know, like just the aspect of you have people follow a dude to an island and drink a bunch of Kool-Aid and die is the same way you could have a bunch of people do some nefarious shit in the name of whatever God you they want to use at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, Kind of like along the lines of like just checking the box or like just going through the motions. It's... I don't know. I would say it's kind of like whatever religion you believe in or practice in 
would say especially for Christianity, just from my history of it, some people can do all the Christian things, but not actually be saved. Christian. Yeah, and or be yeah, or if it has me be what it is to be Christian. Yeah, because I pimp and holy. It's it's the same thing as if you're gonna say I know all the chakras and I know the mala beads and I got the things at home, but I scream at my kid for whatever, or I I'm a rude fucking per and per and to people. You know, it's the same exact thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's like everyone now, especially because you know the cool thing, yo. You know, everyone wants to talk about Buddha and put Buddha statues in their house, but not fill themselves with Buddha virtues. It's the same yeah. thing about. When I grew up, so many people that were wearing crosses around their neck yet had no virtues of a, of anything Jesus like I ever seen, and especially mm -hmm. later when I did my own learning after the nine years of Catholic school and really started to learn things, you know. Yeah, that's also because I'm interested. Like we always learn more when we're interested in the topic and not being. Oh yeah, you know. Obviously, I mean? yeah, of course. Yeah, but let me ask you now, in the sense of with other religions, like. um I wouldn't even say tolerable, but what is your aspect in that? Like, are other religions, could you say, not saved? You know what I mean? Am I asking that right? Yeah. I mean, just in my, I'm kind of like my church and my family background, even though now we are more like on the grace filled type of correct doctrine so to speak mm -hmm. i would adhere to the belief that jesus is the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through him i mean that's mm -hmm. directly in the bible it's said by jesus himself and the red lettering and everything and that's what i hold to 110 percent mm -hmm. so unless it's through jesus and through jesus alone like i said by grace alone by faith alone and christ alone then in my opinion, you are not saved. Mm. That is, that's what I'm going to hold to. And people can cancel me or fight me. <laughs> oh, that's that's just, that's, that's it. Yeah. No, I hate you. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like stump people on the head or like beat people with it. Yeah. But at the same time, there, there is truth in that, but there's also a way to not act super arrogant with it. Or be like, well, I know better and you don't. Yeah. Therefore, I'm superior. I don't want that to come across as superior or I'm better than. Mm -hmm. It's just the grace. Yeah. yeah, it's just my belief. And that's yeah. what I hold true. But I also want to be loving as possible of like, not the fire, the brimstone, that kind of a thing. But also like, hey, that's the truth. And right. in a loving way and not in yeah. an offensive way, but in a loving way, say that is the truth. And that's what I hold to yeah. 100%. And I'm not going to waver from it. Let's dialogue about it. Not in a conflicting or arguing way, right. but just in a loving way. Talk about it. Yeah. I, Cause I, I see it as the truth as well, but not in the same um, sense as you would. I see it in a sense that every single religion is saying that just not saying jesus christ that's mm -hmm. my viewpoint on it, in the sense that the way krishna talks about this self or he himself in all and you know the way buddha speaks about being a bodhisattva and then even the way the alchemist talked about unifying the male and the masculine the, the female and the masculine 
I forget that what they term their god. It's on the tip of my tongue. Mer- Mercurius or something like that. Because that was alchemy, you know, and all of them, uh, Dionysus unifying with illusion and the Eros and the Logos. It's everything was saying the self within, the uh, to, to, to emulate the Christ self, which is the higher order of us all, the moral way, the, the uh, unifying the beast that is in us with the God that is in us to also unify with the, the human in us, the three to make the four the four to make the 12 eventually to make the complete man is the ancient Chinese would say. And in oh. my viewpoint, literally they all are saying the same thing in like a different flavor. It's like going to a Spanish restaurant tonight, as opposed to a Latin one or a uh, English restaurant or what about English restaurant or a French one or an Italian one. They're all cooking phenomenal meals with the same purpose, just in different flavors. Yeah. And then it's our human aspects that will misconstrue and every religion has those it's the you know the guru in the mountains is blah 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 the uh the rabbi is blah 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 the priest is blah 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 the preacher everyone has a blah 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 you know when they take you know look at joel c the, the guy over in texas you know everyone's got yeah. a uh you know one of those it's human nature it's been within us all but i think the whole idea to have a uh a belief is a ticket you know especially a belief that's not of this world I, I firmly believe in things in which we can't see. So oh, yeah. I think we have to unify things in which we can't see with that, which we're, we're conscious with. And even having that belief in the God or God or God or Jesus Christ is that belief of that, which we can't see. It's the, under, it's the belief that guides us through and uh, navigates us through this life on North star. When we don't have that is when we start getting real nefarious because what do you hold on to? What is a true self to have if there's nothing to believe in, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, what grounds you, what anchors you. Yeah. If you don't have, if you don't believe in anything, then what, where are you going off of just your own thoughts and your own beliefs? Or like, what are your own beliefs if you don't believe in anything specific? And that's, it's, it's hard to live when you don't have anything to. It's like living in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Which, well, I feel like that sometimes. But when I feel like that, it's in different aspects. It's it's in a, because I've cultivated a whole different belief that I can feel like I'm in limbo and feel fine because to me, it's all part of the game anyway. And this is just a cosmic dance. It's an illusion that we're doing in time and space. That's all this is, in my opinion. And, you know, then when I feel like I'm in limbo of like, what am, what is, because when I ask about thoughts earlier, it's because certain thoughts go through this head that if I, <clears throat> if I identify myself with every thought I came through, I would fucking be, I wouldn't be able to live. It'd be insane. It'd be nuts. So I cultivated other ideas. And then I would ask on evil, like, what would you consider evil? Me? Yeah. I would say anything evil is, anything outside of god's intention or god's design is evil it um if you want to throw the word sin sin is an archery term to mean it means missing the mark yeah so say if sin means missing the mark then i would say anything outside of god's design of how to live would be missing that mark and would be considered evil. 
See, and I see evil as the other side of God. I see God and the devil as the different sides of the same token. They're both opposing aspects of the same thing. And what is to be evil is to be relative. I mean, yeah, I understand. I mean, I can get that. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because the, the reason I even get to there is I believe everything of God, every single aspect. If I believe that, then even the evil ones. Not just that, but if I myself can have such if you're going to put or even in a category, evil thoughts, does that make me evil? And I can't, and if I sit here and say, all right, I'm evil, then what is it to be evil? Cause I don't think I ever anymore in my life act out any form of evil to the point I watch my intentions on even my Instagram posts that <laughs> there's no evil there yet thoughts will arise and go. And then what is that? You know, that's why for me to cultivate the ideas around evil is like, even that what is evil those are even the word evil is a definition we created around feelings and images before we had the word we had imagery that we those are, that's how we thought uh-huh. with images you know so even evil was a, a thing that like we had a name and i can feel that evil within me in the sense of i get like i have this like shake that like, it gets nuts that this energy that whatever it wants to do is not too great you know but does that make me evil? I don't think so. So then I work with the aspects of God, you know, and to me, it's like the whole book of job thing. You know, yeah. it's literally God is the devil, not saying he is the devil in the sense of bad, but it's all he's of all. And really God, in my opinion, book of job was God lost doubt in himself and had to see it through the human seeing the God within us to understand like, yo, I'm doing everything right here. What do you want from me? Yet I'm still going to hold belief because I understand that which you're doubting in yourself. And that's why homeboy was so ready to take the, the, the bet from the devil. Like, oh yeah, you, you, you sure? I got a guy right down there who won't, you know, instead of like, nah, what are you talking about? Why, why would I have to even listen to you? I have no doubts. I am God. I cleared that. I'm the doubt clearer. But God uh-huh. had to see the aspect of himself within the human being to clear his own doubts. Because otherwise, why would he even put job to the test? Yeah, I. It's kind of hard to articulate. Like I kind of get where you're coming from. I don't necessarily agree to that aspect of because mm-hmm. because they to me God is and the the devil Satan whatever you want to call it are different they're not one of the same or of the of the other side of the token or the coin so to speak mm-hmm. um i think we're all we're all made in the image of god right from the very beginning he's spoke us into his ex- existence and we're his image bearers and then when sin the fall sin came into the world that image was not taken away but that image was defaced so to speak so we are still made in the image of god 
but some, whether you're saved, then it, then you are a, adopted, you're a child of God, and you're reconciled back into his family, so to speak. And then if you're not, then you're living in the flesh, and that image is still there. It's still defaced, but you're not... You're kind of giving into your flesh, and that's kind of where the evil comes into. The very human ways, in the the instinctual ways, can be very evil. Yes, and even as a child of God, like I still struggle with not evil, but uh, temptations of the flesh come through almost daily, moment by moment, of back to glorifying myself or glorifying god it's if i'm doing something to glorify myself then that is the flesh or that is evil trying to motivate me to do something that is not get your clinic tentacles around it it's almost like looking at evil as the idea that's trying to get into you the parasite parasitic idea getting into your brain that then acts out you become the evil that taken such idea and then manifest it into you know uh yeah because when you're material because when you accept christ as your savior and your lord like the power and the the mastery of sin is taken away but not the influence right no of and course so, yeah. yeah and so i think that giving into that influence even though you are a believer is still considered evil because you're not trying to be sanctified sanctified or being made into the image of god if you're saying that if you're professing you're a christian but now your actions and your words and how you your desires aren't lining up with god's desires then you kind of need to take a look long hard look of whether you are actually saved or not mm. because you can be saved and receive the holy spirit which every saved salvation person does receive the holy spirit but after a time if you ignore the holy spirit's promptings over time kind of like a fire it just diminishes over time where like it's just like a gentle whisper in your life and you're like i don't hear the holy spirit anymore it's like well yeah because you quenched it by not listening to it and not following it mm -hmm. over a long period of time and i think yeah. that can lead to not necessarily like like pure evil to where you're just it can be fat lazy obese no morals into a very very slow death yeah, exactly. Because and, and not, not even not saying in a judging way. I literally mean that in the sense of if if to become that being in which I just described, all you do is consume, consume, consume gross material in the sense of food. And it's all this now goes down to greed and gluttony in the sense of food, distraction, all those things to live the life I just explained until you just basically just waiting to die every day. And that's to me, I, I look at that in a whole different belief than you do in a slap in the face to God. Cause it's like people are born without their limbs. You don't, you think they want to not be able to have an able mm -hmm. body to go produce and do things in life and create. I think it's gotta be a fit 
creative body because i don't even think i used to be big on a harp on humans have to think but i now i understand the functions in which we have and some people thinking isn't always their forte and other people feeling and intuition they're bigger in so it's all about Mm -hmm. and uh creativity is a huge thing we need and i think not being creative creative in whatever sense that is like like i said photography writing or music whatever it is is stifling the human spirit whether that's the holy spirit or whatever spirit but because because even that sense of creation, if you think about that idea of the creator, the spirit of the human to go create, which is obviously something we all do, look at the world in which we live now, from uh-huh. stones, from stones we came to this. That's almost saying the human spirit is that of which the creative spirit is within us, the creator spirit, to uh-huh. go forth and create, to produce God and within his image, her image, is for us to produce and create things, you know? Yeah, and kind of along the same lines of that is kind of back to me living in fear constantly or have been. Something that that I just kind of like told myself or either the Holy Spirit told me most likely is God didn't save you to be fearful every day. God didn't save you or create you to the, you can just live how you want free of morals or a compass or whatever you want to call it every day. And so that's kind of like how I've been living this past few weeks of just like, not why did God save you, but it's just because he loves me and I've, and then I'm, I'm his adopted son into his family and he's my heavenly father. But like what, not necessarily what he saved me from, but what did he save me from? for and what did he save me to mm-hmm. he saved me to spread his name and to and to love on anybody and everybody but it's like he didn't save me to be in fear he didn't save me to not love on my neighbor whoever my neighbor might be he didn't save me to live recklessly you know that along those same lines of like right, right just like responding to the holy spirit and like that's what he saved you for he didn't save you to do all this stuff for you that's a human doing not a human being when we do things like that exactly yeah that's fantastic that's fantastic so has it been the last couple weeks you living like this you enjoying it yeah i mean it's been it's been interesting because i've made not like big risks or big changes but it's just like taking a little bit more steps outside of my comfort zone because i i'm a very routine method-based person like i will literally do the same thing every single day and i will not complain same (laughs) except i have an aspect of me that will jump out and break that chain by doing something crazy so that's something i work with Oh, so no, Otherwise, I don't. <laughs> I absolutely love doing the same thing every day yeah. with the structure and the same meals plan. And I love, I love it. But there's a huge aspect to me that breaks through and goes, "Fuck this shit!" Like, like Tasmanian devil, sick. It's awesome. We're working. Well, I, I love it. Well, I don't, I don't have that opposite aspect. For me, it's this. So different. for you, it's difficult to go do things like that. Like they go do yeah. something different. And so, um, like that big Swiss symposium convention thing coming up in october i don't know what the what are you talking about 
uh, I forget what it's called. It's called Swiss. Swiss. It's uh, S W I S. It's Dude. like uh, Ken Kanakin and like a bunch of. It's not prescript. I do not know it exists. I think they're going to be there. Oh, wow. uh, I think prescript <laughs> people is going to so be there. I sure hope so. Where is it? It's in Ohio, like Columbus, Ohio. It's at the end of October. It's like physical yeah, therapists, no. like a uh, whole bunch of lifters, like uh, doctors, anybody you can think of in the fitness realm. Really? Or, like, or in the that realm or is going to be there. It's gonna be I'm going to have to go. Well, like a big stepping out of my comfort zone was purchasing the ticket to go. Really? So I am going at the end of October. Now uh, you got to start talking to people when you're there too. Oh yeah. You know, Obviously. that's next step of the comfort zone. Yeah. Talk to people. Yeah. That's very, <laughs> you know, it's I mean? not hard for me, but talking to new people sometimes. No, that's what I mean though. New people. But I'm the same. Like it's, I'm the weirdest fuck sometimes is like, I'll get so awkward and not talk. I'll stay in my head and not talk to anyone. Then I'll, yep. I'll walk into a room and I don't give a fuck. You're the CEO of whatever. Like we'll talk. What do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? It's wild, but um, to notice that shit is cool. So man, maybe I'm gonna go to that thing that you're talking about. What you said, end of October, right? S Swiss S W I S. I won't forget mm-hmm. that. Yeah, if you go to uh Elite FTS, their their uh their link, I can send it to you. They're giving like forty five percent off the yeah, initial ticket price. Yeah, I'll send it to you right after this. Excellent. But yeah, like a big stepping out of my comfort zone was just like, hey, I'm going. Because I, like, if it's not part of my routine or in my comfort zone, I tend to like automatically just write it off as not right. a possibility. Mm. Either because of the, the price of it, like how much it's going to cost overall. And I'm like, well, it's too expensive. Therefore, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Or if it's like I said, if it's outside of my comfort zone, like, like I love traveling, I love meeting new people, but like the entire, like, getting classes covered at the gym, like making sure my clients are going to be okay with me gone, like that kind of a thing, is just like super outside of my comfort zone, and so just going, just saying I'm going is already like a huge That's accomplishment. Fantastic. Yeah. That's been for your own self. Cause to worry like that, I'm, I'm, you almost got me worried. You know what I mean? Like I'm almost nervous about you going right now. Jesus, that that's great though. That's yeah, yeah. Cause I, I never, I never go out of town. Yeah. Like it is very rare. The last time I was out of town was when I met you in San that's Jose. Wild. So listen, I'm gonna try to, I'm really gonna try to get to this thing. I'd like to see you there. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, but listen, I gotta start going because I gotta eat dinner. My brother just called me. It's about to be dinner time. But I want to have another conversation because I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah, I did too. That's fun. Appreciate it. Um, if there's anyone listening in the California area that could train with you, where could they find you? Uh, just through Instagram. It's just my name, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot Greelick. That's my last name. It's G-R-E-I-L-I-C-H. And you can just message me whenever, however you want. And that's uh, my main Instagram. I mean, it's my only Instagram. Don't <laughs> yeah, reach me. I was me. to say, bro, I don't think you have to. 
yeah don't reach me through facebook i won't i won't respond facts me um, neither. But yeah right. that's about yeah. it really central california area online or in person come try a class or just work with me i prefer working with me personally just don't tell anybody that but anyway, <laughs> you know it's gonna be on the air just we can just scrub that part out i got you well i'm not gonna do that but no one will listen no one listens the last yeah. 10 five seconds right all right yeah. well, geez i appreciate you yeah you too i'll talk to you all right see you be well you too